right, it's Oscar time, and uh, I must say that this correspondent was knocked out by a movie recently. That would be The Artist. And I think we need to talk about that with someone that knows a thing or two about cinema, and that would be our regular contributor, Mr. Gary Chu, who does movie reviews in many locations. And first of all, welcome back, Gary. Well, Doug, it's, uh, it's neat to be here. Thanks for putting me on the phone. I know your list is uh, getting pretty long on where your reviews appear. Where, where can people find out more about your work? Put quotes around that word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, well, I, I do uh, a regular, just about every week, uh, a review on the Friday evening newscast on KVMR okay. here in, in this area. Okay. And also I do... Uh, my reviews show up at uh, Humor Times on their website here in Sacramento. Sacramento Press also uh, had about three or four reviews put up. TulsaTVMemories.com still has some. Okay. And I have uh, uh, quite a few on the big movie database, the IMDb website. Oh. International Movie Database. Okay. IMDb.com. And also uh, intermittently on the, let's see, on Peter B. Collins' podcast. Peter B. does his uh, podcasting out of uh, Marin, California, and also is, does shows, uh, does uh, some talk shows on KGO in San Francisco. Yes, indeed. Well, I know you liked the artist. Uh, I, I was knocked out by it, and I guess uh, you're probably almost in the same category. Yes, I, I was. You know, I, I went into it thinking, well, this is going to be kind of a, a clever, neat little movie about niche of cinema that, you know, I'm not a big fan of, but, you know, it was way before I was born, you know, but yet it was still important, obviously, to the evolution of movies. And I found that it was, I was absolutely enchanted by this film. The the French dude who did it really grabbed the essence of what I think the old American movie was like. Yeah, I want to say, Gary, that this is a movie that can go wrong at every turn. I mean, there's not a scene in it where you just can't fall off the cliff because it is a silent picture, and yet it never does. I know it, you know, and that's one of the reasons I have some trepidation when I went in thinking, well, you know, this kind of might be kind of neat, but it's a French movie and all this, and I hadn't, I was not familiar with the, the Bejo lady. I hadn't seen her. Well, I actually had seen her in film, but I just didn't know it. Like I say, a little trepidation on my part. But you're right, uh, it could have uh, died real quick. Well, not only does it does it not die, it it's, it so captures uh, the essence of silent movies that it it you almost think you could be watching a movie that was genuinely made back in the twenties, except sure. except for how sharp it is. Well, what I liked about it was really, you know, we go to movies today and we expect to see almost anything, you know, people being killed and torn apart or having sex uh, in a rather profuse kind of way and stuff, you know, it's no big deal. But this movie didn't do any of that, and it still got to you and without being sappy. Yeah. It wasn't a sappy movie, you know. I think you'd agree. There's a great quote here, uh, Gary, from Mick LaSalle, who does such good work in the San Francisco Chronicle. He wrote that to see the artist is to realize how much movies have lost from having gained so much technical sophistication. There are so many movies today that just blow you away technically. I saw a new movie just a couple of nights ago, which is just now opening, and the the technical part of it was just astounding. But I was sitting there thinking, "Gee whiz, I'm a little bit bored here. Uh, I would rather it's it man, it's the script and the story that make the difference." Yes, yes, and and uh, the idea of having to develop a character so you see what's in the guy's head or the woman's head on the screen. Sure. This movie so excels at that. Uh, the scene that I really liked in the movie was when. Uh, 
for the people who are listening who've seen the movie, and I'm not giving anything away for the people who haven't, it was when she goes over to his sport jacket hanging on the, a cloak or a hook on the yes, wall. Yes, yes. And she puts her arm through one of the sleeves, and then she puts the arm around herself as if she's wanting him to put his arm around her. And it was just absolutely blew me away. I said, this is so neat to show yes. this, that this woman is in yes. love or loves this guy, yes. and yet it, they're doing it in a really a nice kind of way. A, a way that anyone speaking any language would see and completely understand. Absolutely. And the dog, wow. Yeah, yeah they couldn't resist having like a 1920s-style dog that could do everything, and it's very 20s, and yet somehow it still works. Yeah, it does. You know, and that the dog has been getting awards this week, I think. <laughs> uh, his, his real name is Uggy, but I think he's got a, a more simplistic name in the movie. I can't remember what it was. An interesting thing I noticed also that the uh, director of the film, uh, Michelle Azanavicius, mm-hmm. his wife is Bernice Bejeau, Berenice Bejeau, the, the woman in the film. Ah. I didn't know that uh, until since I saw the movie. And they have a couple of kids, and... Uh, the guy has done some really good stuff. You know, he, and he's French too, I believe, and but has a uh, Romanian Polish background. I believe his grandparents were from Lithuania. Anyway, good movie, and uh, there are some really other good movies, and maybe we can talk about some of those later on. When well, Gary, I want you to come back next week after the Oscars, and we can do exactly that because no matter what wins, there'll be things to talk about. But you know, I don't really usually give a damn about who wins an Academy Award, but I really am pulling for this film because if it does win, it will force a lot of people in Hollywood and around the world to take a second look at how movies ought to be made. Yeah, that's true. And also, and the thing thing about it was, it's all about an American movie, too. Yeah. It's about our kind of movies. It's not about French or English or Italian at all. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Doug, I'd love to do it. All right, Gary Chu. We'll talk again uh, next week. Looking forward to speaking with Gary next week about uh, motion pictures, excellence in motion pictures. Gary admits he's not an expert on uh, silent films, and maybe not even a a fan so much. But uh, fortunately, we do have someone who is an expert on silent movies, and I believe is quite a fan of that uh, genre. That would be David Keene of the Niles S&A Silent Film Museum in Fremont. We've spoken with David twice before, and I think we've got to do so again about The Artist. Well, welcome back to Radio Parallax, David Keene. Good to be here. Now, I, I assume, that, of course, you've had a chance to see the artist by now. Yes, I have. And and you, uh, I would imagine, uh, liked it quite a bit. Yeah, it was uh, fun to see. Well, David, you're really, I would say, an expert on silent films uh, as a film historian. Um, how? Do, what struck me about this movie was how true to the old silent films it seemed to be in so many respects. I think the director was really smart about how he went about making the film and uh, choosing the, the way he approached it. Wanted to make a silent film for a long time, and uh-huh. uh, when he finally got the opportunity, the first smart move that he did was not just make a silent film on a subject, but set it in the silent days where you actually had a connection to kind of why he was making a silent movie in the first place. I think that was really a great way to go about it. Well, more than once while watching it, David, it struck me that, you know, that you could almost believe this was a movie from the 20s, except that it was just so bloody sharp. But the lighting, the, the makeup, the style, the way they did the cameras, it was, it was very 20s. They uh, 
seemed to know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, of course, I, I know that uh, the, not to give anything away, but uh, the, the movie is about a screen actor who is not doing so well as the transition is made to the talkies. And of course, uh, in in Hollywood history, that that really uh, that fate befell quite a few of the uh, the the, the, uh, the big stars of the silent era. Yeah, there certainly was that aspect to it. Um, not people, not only people who felt like they were a failure at it, but uh, many people who saw that transition and simply didn't want to make the leap at all. And, I, and, and this film kind of uh, covers both angles in a way. Yeah, they sort of imply that he just doesn't want to do a, a talkie because, uh, because it's beneath him that no one wants to hear actors talk. I, I guess some, direct, uh, some famous film producer once said, who wants to hear actors talk? I don't know. <laughs> But of course, the public did want to hear actors talk, but a lot of guys just didn't have a uh, either they either had a poor voice or a foreign accent or some problem that was really going to keep them from making it. I, I, I can't think of a single example, though. Can you? <laughs> who were those guys? Of course, there was Raymond Griffith, who had a, a problem with his voice to begin with. It uh, he'd had uh, uh, problems with his vocal cords and couldn't speak beyond a whisper. Uh huh. And uh, he uh, he tried to do a couple of short films, in one case where he had a terrible cold, <laughs> and uh, so that was an excuse for uh, his voice, but he eventually went into uh, producing and uh, did very well in the 30s. And of course, Charlie Chaplin, even when the talkies came along, he still decided that uh, his, his strength was in, in silent movies, and he made, I guess, what I guess, City Lights in Modern Times, uh, a couple years, and then many years into the into the talkie era. That's right. Yeah, 1936 for modern times. That was bold of him. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever when people really thought uh, silent films were totally in the past, and uh, of course this year or, or this last year with the artist uh, taking that bold move again uh, was pretty amazing. Yeah, David, can you think of, between 1936 and 2012, can you think of any other silent movie besides that one Mel Brooks kind of a send-up he did uh, of a true silent film? Um, I know that there's been others that have been attempted or produced, but uh, they really haven't gone anywhere. It, the great thing about the artist is that it's, it's um, the intentions are honorable and He's not trying to do a send-up. He's not trying to do a parody. He's trying to do a silent film and does it very well. Boy, he sure does. Uh, well, our, our, our film reviewer up here, Gary Chu, liked it very much. I liked it very much. You liked it very much. Suppose the, uh, the, the, the people at the Motion Picture Academy give this the Best Picture Award. Do you think this will uh, inspire some others to follow in the lead and make some more silent films? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Hollywood does have a tendency to... <laughs> yes, <it's, laughs> <laughs> but whatever succeeds, when somebody, they, somebody yeah. takes the gamble, you know. <laughs> uh, other people be a path there, and uh, so it's there's a possibility, and, and certainly with uh, uh, Martin Scorsese and Hugo uh, coming along as well, it's been a pretty remarkable year for silent films. Is Hugo silent also? It's not silent, but it deals with George Melius, uh -oh. uh, who was a silent filmmaker. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and reproduces his studio. Oh wow! And uh, shows them making silent films. Uh, it's really a, an amazing feat. It, you know, it, it's like stepping back in time. 
Well, speaking speaking of uh, speaking of silent films, before we go, David, I'd like you just to plug the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum and what you guys are doing because week in and week out, I've noticed that uh, you're continuing to show some of these great classics of, of of the 20s that people really should see. I get a, had a chance to see um, uh, Rudolph Valentino of last year, and I'm st I'm still I'm still really pleased at what a, what a great film that was. Well, great. I'm glad uh, you approve, and uh, we're having a great time here, and. And uh, people are showing up. That's always satisfying. And what's the website people can go to? Because I'm sure some are going to want to. It's uh, NilesFilmMuseum.org. Well, David Keith, thanks for speaking with us. I, my fingers are crossed. I hope that this film wins uh, wins the uh, wins the Oscar, and it'll send more folks to Niles to watch more of your great great movies. Thanks a lot. All righty.